Welcome to St. John's Sermons, a podcast from St. John's Lutheran Church, North Prairie, Wisconsin, a congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We offer this podcast with the loving encouragement to use it as a supplement to your own regular reception of the Lord's gifts of forgiveness and life in word and sacrament on the Lord's day. The Lord bless your hearing of these sermons. God the Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text is the Holy Gospel. Dear friends in Christ, hearers of the word. It's all really pretty simple on top of the mountain. I never used to think that of this particular text. The transfiguration, I must confess, has always mystified me just a little bit. Never really feel like I've grasped everything there is to grasp about this text and why Jesus goes through it and and what is fully being communicated here. But that's okay, because we're talking about God, are we not? We're talking about Jesus as the Son of God. And for me to be able to communicate that precisely and concisely without any questions or or concerns from you and totally, totally fully understandable would be to miss the whole point of preaching in the first place. It would be, the whole, it'd be to miss the whole point of why you come on a regular basis to hear the Word of God. You grow in this thing. You don't just, it doesn't come to you with a prepackaged understanding that is perfect and unflawed in every way. When I first took a deep look into the transfiguration many years ago as part of my studies, I have to admit I was a little bamboozled and befuddled by the presence of Moses and Elijah. What's going on here? And then as I became a pastor and I went through my first few transfigurations, I remember that I felt this really strong challenge because this is such a visual text. Jesus transfigured, shining whiter than... Whiter than Clorox white. Obviously, he's conveying he's the Son of God. But again, as I said, why? Why here? Why now? Why with Moses and Elijah? Why with Peter, James, and John? Kind of tricky. I think a number of years ago it dawned on me that you can get fooled by the visual side of this text. It's hard to preach a really visual text. I can't replicate what Jesus did. Oh, wouldn't it be great if I could? Wouldn't it be great if I could stick a spotlight directly behind me here and I could preach the whole sermon glowing? But that would be kind of an extraordinary measure that we'd only do once a year, right? Or maybe at Easter, too. 
Maybe at Christmas. <laughs> Dawned on me a few years ago that as much as there's a visual side to this text, there's also an audible side to this text. And I would argue that may be the more important side in some ways. As I said at the outset, it's really very simple on top of the mountain. On top of the mountain stands Jesus glowing white as the sun. Simply put, he's the son of God. But on top of the mountain, too, there's only one voice that matters. Oh yes, there are two voices that speak, but one really says nothing at all. And that's Peter. The one who speaks, the Father, who speaks much as he did at Jesus' baptism at the beginning of the Epiphany season, says, this is my Son, my Chosen One, my Messiah. Listen to Him. On top of the mountain, it's as simple as only one voice speaks and only one voice matters, and that is the voice of the Son of God. Isn't it interesting, though, how once you start to descend from that mountain, all the other voices out there in the world, that din of noise that the world makes, gets louder and louder and louder. And as Jesus begins his march from the Mount of Transfiguration to the the hill of his crucifixion, He can barely get a word in edgewise. With a humanity and a religious leadership that is growing increasingly negative toward him. And as the followers start to slowly fall away. So that by the day of his death, he's saying very little at all. But you can hear the shouts of crucify him ring through the entire streets and city of Jerusalem. Welcome to a fallen world. In a fallen world, it's not this simple. It's not as simple as it is on the mountaintop. In a fallen world, God's voice comes second. In a fallen world, God's voice comes second to all the other philosophers and pundits out there who are predicting whatever or who are giving common sense advice for how you ought to live your life. Five principles for this, seven principles for that, seven habits of highly ineffective people. And all these voices are trying to help you out. They're trying to help you essentially to save yourself. Jesus says none of this. God gave ten commandments. Apparently that was good enough for Jesus because he structured his Sermon on the Mount around them. (laughs) And then raised the bar on them and then said, that's it. That's all you need to know. You need to know that that standard you can't meet. That's what we'll be talking about in the season of Lent. In the Raising the Bar series that begins Wednesday. A sermon that is impossible to fulfill. Except by, again, quite simply, one. The one whose voice spoke the sermon. The one whose voice is the voice of the one and only Son of God. 
and who, for some reason that I will never fully understand again, suffers that voice to be drowned out by human voices who consider their own opinions, their own thoughts, their own ideas, their own workings of salvation to be more important than God's voice. This is what it means to have a sinful nature. What it means is to quit imagining Jesus on top of the Mount of Transfiguration and start imagining ourselves there. Wouldn't it be great if Pastor Torkelson could stick a spotlight back here? You'd be so distracted by him that you probably wouldn't hear a word I said. Peter was at a very high risk up there on the mountain of not hearing a word Jesus or the voice from the cloud, the voice of the Father, was going to say. He decides he's going to speak here. Lord, it's good to be here. Let's, let's put up tents. This is great. We've got Moses, we've got Elijah. Let's have a party up here. And the Lucan text, the text in Luke is pretty clear that while Peter was still speaking, God interrupted. Why? Because Peter really didn't have anything to say. He should have understood that in the presence of the Son of God, it's almost better to, sh- to shut one's mouth and let the voice speak. What does Psalm 46, verse 10 tell us? Be still and know that I am God. For Peter, James, and John, This was a chance to enact those familiar words from that song. And Peter missed it. There are so many situations in life that we want words for. And we often forget to let God speak the words to them. I spent the last several days working back and forth from the deathbed. And death is one of those great equalizers that reminds us that we might have all the answers, we might think we have all the answers, we might think people need to listen to us, but when it's all said and done, and that person is there and you know that they're going to leave us, what more can you say? That's why it's a privilege to sit at the bedside and just simply be a mouthpiece for the one whose words never fail. For the one whose words the Father instructed us at the transfiguration and at the baptism of Jesus are the words we should listen to. Listen to him. There's a million other voices out there. Sift it all out and listen to him. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When your life's about to end, that's all that matters. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 27. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? From the Lord, 
the one who made the heavens and the earth. Psalm 121. All those other voices don't offer anything. Anything even remotely close to the one comforting voice of our Lord and God who knows that we are going to want to raise our voices over his and trust our own voices but who still comes to us every Sunday and once he has heard us use our voices to confess our sins is right there with the rewards that Jesus purchased for you on the cross the forgiveness of sins and eternal life and you will recall that as all that shouting and all that mocking and all that screaming was going on Jesus said very little, right? But you can take apart every one of those little utterances on the cross and mine them for gold forever. That's why you should listen to him. Because he is throwing his treasures at you without ceasing. This is the one who will come down from that mountain and will go up a hill because he loves you. He will be mounted on a cross and he won't say much, but those words will have a depth and they will be a treasure that will comfort us in all the stages of life. And they are a constant reminder that in light of that tremendous love, in light of that tremendous sacrifice, in light of that journey that Jesus takes when he comes down from this mountain, that journey that is... That, that we really rehearse ourselves through every Lenten season, which begins Wednesday. That in light of His making that journey, there is nothing more for us to say. Except when the resurrection cry goes out. Hallelujah. Today we say our last one for six months. I would pray that on Easter Sunday, in the joy and the good news of the victory over sin and death that the risen Christ comes to proclaim, you would sing your hallelujahs as if it was the last day for you on this earth. Hallelujah! Christ is risen! He is risen indeed. That's a good use of a human voice. The next best is sin. He gave us our human voices not to speak over God, but to come in under God and praise Him. And to lift Him up, not in shame, like on the cross, but to lift Him up in glory as the one who took on the cross for you and for me. So the overall message of the transfiguration is not, hey, Peter, shut up. The overall message of the transfiguration is listen to his words and then breathe them out for the rest of the world with your voice. Actually, the message of transfiguration is that message that goes in your ears and comes out your tongue is Christ. Him crucified, him risen again. Him, your Savior. Him, the Son of God. The only voice worth listening to. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus.
This podcast is a service of St. John's Lutheran Church in North Prairie, Wisconsin. For more information, including location, service times, and links to other Lutheran agencies, please visit our website at www.stjohnsnp.org. That's www.stjohnsnp.org. Theme music performed by Mr. Philip Magnus.